Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, AfterBuzz TV fans, and welcome to a special interview for Red vs. Blue. Uh, I am Katie Cullen. I am with the wonderful Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And I am on Twitter at Kiaje. That's K I A X E T. And we are with one David Jennison, the voice of Shark Face. How you doing, Hello. David? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing all right. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. We know there have been a lot of people who have been really interested to hear who the voice of Sharkface is because it's been kept so deep under wraps. And so I'm curious, why the secrecy? Um, That's actually a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> it was, I, you know, when I was... Uh, first auditioning um they had kind of a decoy uh when i received the the lines to send in my audition i think the guy the character's name was like Razorhead or something huh. um and i didn't think anything of it. it 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 was the same description that you know shark face was uh and then it wasn't until i actually went in and read that they're like actually you're reading for this guy shark face and you know the the fans think he's dead and uh, he's never spoken before so yeah it was like a decoy character um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's important to the fans. A lot of people know, uh, who he was. I instantly started searching and found all the, the buzz. About him. <laughs> so, yeah. So how did you first hear about the part? Uh, well, my agent emailed me and said, you know, they're looking for a gruff mercenary character. And then, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, they, they gave me the decoy character. Uh, but it wasn't until, you know, I, I talked to Miles and he kind of gave me the skinny on him and where he was from. Um, yeah. But the more I learned about him, you know, the more excited I became. I, I felt like I was born to play that character. <laughs> <laughs> you were born to play shark face. Yes. I'm a little worried about that. Half of my face burned off. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, you look great. <laughs> oh, thank you. He is. He is a very interesting character, though, because he's not yeah. painted as 100% bad. In his mind, he has the moral high ground. Yeah, you know, it, it's a cliche, um, but it's very true that, you know, well-written heroes are the... or I'm sorry, well-written villains are the heroes of their own story. So um, he definitely, you know, on on the surface... And, and that was kind of my experience in, in reading for him at first. I was like, oh, this is just a, a you know an awesome badass uh deep voice mercenary you know i love these guys um but when i went in and getting the direction from miles and reading more about him um yeah there's these layers to him um and yeah he's definitely he just the way he sees it he's just kind of writing a wrong um that happened to him so what was your inspiration for his voice um you know, I, I'd like to say that, uh, like, I went and researched mercenaries. Um, 
you know, it, it was, it was, I think it was something that changed a little bit over time. Um, I did, my first audition was just kind of out of the box, you know, just kind of gruff sounding guy. Um, I don't know. I would, I would say, uh, once I realized he was kind of wounded, um, I just kind of thought more about, you know, soldiers, uh, come back after war. Um, a lot of them are kind of a shell of who they were before they left, unfortunately. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that certainly seeing, seeing him in, in the final production, um, I was happy, uh, because he did seem to capture some of that, uh, as a, as a wounded person. He's kind of a sad character. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Very tragic. Yeah. Um, were you a little bit concerned, though? Um, most of the voice actors for Red vs. Blue have, um, because they're speaking through hem- helmets, have a little um, sound effects kind of added to it to make that voice filter sound. Were you worried that that was in any way going to affect your performance? Um, well, no, because I am so conceited that <laughs> I didn't even consider that they were going to change my voice. And so, and I, for some reason, thought... You know, when I saw I, they they showed me, you know, the the his, the model uh, that they were working on, which looked great, and I was like, oh yeah, that's how he's gonna look. And I just didn't even think about it, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, everyone else will be wearing a helmet, but yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll be out and you know showing off his, his great looks and everything. And then uh, you know, the first scene he is without his helmet, and I'm like, yeah. And then he puts on his helmet, I'm like, okay, <laughs> he's in Halo, yeah. So. He's going to be the one guy without a helmet, that, and that's how you know he's important. Exactly. That's how he got burned, you know. He didn't <laughs> wear his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do anything in particular to get into character before you recorded? Um, not too much. Um, I mean, you know, it was, it, it was thinking about him a little bit on the way there, but it was really, uh, Miles just, he's, he's, he's one of the best people I've worked with. He's... Uh, you know, he really helps you to kind of get into the mind of of the character, and I don't know, it's kind of organic. And a lot of it was kind of finding him or finding the subtleties that Miles wanted um, as we recorded it. So um, I'd love again to say, oh, you know, I meditated on top of the Rooster Teeth <laughs> building, naked in the cold, and just you know, I burned my face. Uh, and then, yeah, but uh, I, I guess I'm not that deep of a of an actor. So I feel like that would have wound up in one of their shorts if you had. And secondly, probably would have not. After, yeah, and then I would have gotten arrested. Yeah, and then they still might have let me record it, but you know, <laughs> still probably not a good idea to be that method. Yeah, as an officer, I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm an actor, officer. Yeah. It'd be super method to do it from a jail cell, though. I'm going to go live in prison for a week and then come out and do this character. <laughs> Just to get into that headspace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, I will be that, the most a little prepared. bit more than I'm willing to go for, for a character, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Um, we're kind of glad you didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. As is my wife and family. So... <laughs> Um, just for a good cause. <laughs> exactly. I'm so dedicated. <laughs> it's all about the craft. Um, yeah. But just talking about his character, he has a very interesting. Um, he has a very interesting story from beginning, middle to end. And we we talked to Miles a little bit uh, on our last show about 
the end and why it was important from a writing standpoint to kind of wrap up the story in the way that it wrapped up. What did you think when you were sitting down and reading the script? Were you like, ah, oh, no, man, that's not the way this guy goes out? Um, no, actually, I, uh, I wasn't, I don't, I'm trying to remember when, at what point I knew through it that he was going to die. Um, I was so excited to the buildup of the fight and the avalanche, and I was like, God, this guy's a badass, um, that when he died, you know, I kind of knew, um, and, you know, and Miles was like, you know, this, I, I guess I kind of knew, um, that this character was going to put the heroes in a position that really makes them think about themselves. And that just, that makes him very important. Um, you know, I think just for the heroes. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I had in my mind some sort of that there was, you know, I don't know, like a training montage or something. <laughs> when you take on Shark Face, you're going to have to do this, this. It wasn't like that, obviously, but it caused drama um, between her and her 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 AI guy, which I can't remember the name of. I'm sorry. Church. Um, <laughs> Epsilon. Uh, yeah. Either one. Yeah, Epsilon, I was going to say. Um, yeah, but uh, when you know when he was finally killed, you know, he had a great exit line uh, where he just kind of loses it completely, and then he's shot in the face <laughs> or the body. <laughs> and then a and nuclear explosion. It'd be funny if he came back every season. <laughs> And then this time it'll be with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Washington and Kimball. This time he's decided that Kimball is now. Is, is <laughs> yeah. We actually. <laughs> because we a horror movie oh villain at that God, point. At that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the first things we asked Miles after that episode was, is Sharkface dead? Because we knew the fans were immediately going to latch on to, oh, no, he'll be fine. Oh, no, he'll be okay. Have yeah. you seen any of the fans any of the fandom's response to Sharkface? Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, every day I like to 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 pour a little, sprinkle some parmesan on my ego <laughs> and just, you know, check out what what's everybody saying about Sharkface. Oh, oh yeah, they think he's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I like that every every couple of weeks I'd look and yeah, after an episode I I'd, I'd look at the forums and and, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I just kind of searched find Sharkface and just read all the comments that are only talking about Sharkface. But, yeah, because <laughs> I don't have time to read them all, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I love it. You know, it's, it's, it's just, you know. Is it hard not to sit there and go, hey, guys, that's me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like going to a coworker and, like, you know, it's nice to, like, slip somebody a gift you know and then you mm -hmm. watch them react and you're like oh they don't know it's me but then you want to eventually be like it was me <laughs> that's that's kind of how it felt well we'll definitely get a bit of that after the season finale when the news breaks for those of you yeah. watching this on tuesday we recorded it like a week ago hi guys <laughs> we're coming from the past we are into the future everything yes. is shiny here um wow what was your biggest challenge in voicing Sharkface? Um, really good questions that I don't have a prepared answer for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I certainly don't remember being frustrated at any point with it. Um, 
you know, it, it, it was so fun. I felt like I just kind of slipped into it and, um, and Miles, you know, he's just a great director and, uh, was able to just kind of bring me along at a nice pace. Um, I, I, I can't think of any, anything where I was like, oh man, you know, I, I can't get this sir. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like I'm some great actor that, I mean, maybe another <laughs> character would, I would struggle with or there would be a challenge. Uh, but that one, uh, I, you know, kind of felt like I knew him. I kind of felt like he, uh, I, I grew with him, you know, through the, through the performance. So. So that was just a very fitting part for you then. I guess so. I guess in a way, I am shark face. <laughs> I'm going to be like the Bella Lugosi who just goes nuts. And I'm going to be buried in my shark face. Uh, I'm never going to make it past this character. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll be typecast as shark face and shark face like characters. No. Uh, yeah, that, that would be funny. I want to be buried in Burn, burn half of my corpse, please, and bury me. Shoot me, actually, just like the, the finale. And then nuclear explosion, just just to exactly, top it all exactly. Off. Well, we we know uh, it's sad that he's gone from the show, but we know that next season is going to be an anthology, uh, see a series of anthologies focusing on different characters. If they were to explore Shark's face uh, past by any chance, what would you want to see kind of explored? Um, well, one line that he said uh, was when he, uh, when he's, uh, going off, uh, it's his first, you know, the first scene with him speaking where he's talking about, then they killed my friends. And I remember very distinctly, um, we went over just saying that line a few times and Miles was looking for some nuance there, which I think made it, made it through, uh, where he's, he's really wounded. Whoever those people were, um, he cared a lot about them. And maybe there was a romantic relationship. I don't know. But I've always wondered, like, who those people were to him. Um, they obviously weren't just, you know, they're my drinking buddies. You <laughs> killed them. You suck. You know, they were, you know, people that he cared about. So I would be curious to see that explored that time in his life. That would be interesting to see yeah. a little more of the Mercs because they were in the same way that Sharkface is a mirror image of Carolina. Their team was parallel to the freelancers. So yeah, that would be interesting to see that develop. Yeah, yeah I'd be curious. We'll start the petition now. We'll start the petition now. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch that. I, I would watch that TV program, <laughs> yes. Is there anything that you would change about your performance? Or are you just super happy with it? I sound so conceited with all these questions. <laughs> yeah. Were there any okay, challenges? No, it's easy. Uh, is there anything you changed? No, I did perfect. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A legitimate uh, answer. Uh, Miles, I'm sure, has some things. Um, I, you know, I, it sounds cheesy. I was so blown away seeing, seeing the season. I watched it again the other day. Um, just so impressed with, with how everything came together. And I, you know, I, I don't see, I, I didn't see anything that, you know, made me cringe. And, and that, that might be a testament to how well, uh, how great a director, uh, Miles is or, or how, how great a team they are that they might have, uh, corrected or glossed over, uh, mistakes or weaknesses in my performance. Um, so I'll credit them. <laughs> I don't want to change anything because they made me look awesome. 
Well, um, but no, I, I, I was, I was just so, I'm just so happy, um, with, with the result. I'm so kind of star struck with it. Uh, yeah. Did you get All to right. do any of the motion capture for your performance? No. And lucky for me, I didn't because <laughs> I am not in any way an athlete or physically, uh, designed to do anything <laughs> like that and i probably would have uh, injured myself and then you know lawsuit and, oh, no. uh no i didn't but i did get to meet the uh the the mocap actors and the stunt guys uh after my second session and that was awesome um they're like this guy's going to i mean i should have looked up his name um this guy's gonna he's gonna be you uh you know you're the voice um but no i didn't um you know, then those guys are awesome, and, and you know, and that's the other thing with this is, you know, I'm I'm only one dimension of this character. I'm only the 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 voice, um, but the the mocap actors and the stunt guys and the uh, modelers um, that that made the character, the animators. I mean, they all, you know, it's a group effort. You know, uh, but yeah, I'm very impressed with their work. Well, we're pretty impressed with your work too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, were you able to record with anyone else? Did you ever do a table read, or was it just you in the booth? Uh, it was me in the booth. I mean, technically, my my um, my scenes with Felix, you know, because that's Miles. <laughs> um, so those, you know, he was there, uh, and then. But now, and that's always been my experience. I don't think I've ever read with someone else. It's 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 lonely in the booth. Is that something uh, you'd like to do? <laughs> it's usually you know this the the director, but. Uh, it was interesting though because it's it's it came off to me as pretty seamless, um, and I think it's because Miles knew kind of what he wanted from the other characters. So as he's, well, what do I want to say? Pre pre performing them, um, he's able to get me in the right space, and then I'm assuming eventually he goes and, and directs them, he can get them in the right space, and you know it's like he's preparing these parts and puts it together. Uh, but yeah, no, it was just me, just me in the booth alone. <laughs> Aww. Well, you mentioned your experience. Do we want to talk a little bit about your experiences in voice acting so far? Yeah. Sure. You, what's your dream role? The one character that you would just love to voice? Or oh, top wow. five? Well, honestly, Shark Face is pretty close. I love villains. I've always loved villains. I've always made up voices of villains. <laughs> uh, I've always imitated the villains that I really like. Um, I've been typecast, it seems now, as villains. Um, I did work on, uh, DC Universe. Mm -hmm. And I ended up the Penguin and Heat Wave and, uh, um. There's some you know, Green that's... Arrow on there, too, though. Yeah, I am Green Arrow. Um, and it's very much the opposite because they wanted a very non-dark brooding arrow they wanted a smiling i mean literally the the direction with him was always you know say it with a smile say it with a smile <laughs> so uh <laughs> then the dark and brooding uh, arrow comes out and I'm like yeah that's pretty cool too um but yeah i did i did arrow um but um I, you know that's a good probably a sith lord would be up there oh that would be fun darth darth, darth jenison <laughs> darth shark face <laughs> Darth Shark. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's gonna end up on DeviantArt. Somebody's gonna do a Darth Shark face. There's a Star um, Wars would, animated series going on right now. I would yeah. love to see Darth Shark face. That'd be great. 
Yeah, uh, you know, any villain. Um, I like. Uh, I'd like to do an older uh, character. Um, I like doing old men. I usually when I get telemarketers. <laughs> 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 I like to answer as an old person, and man, they there you you can just hear their. Uh, their enthusiasm just drops. They're like, oh, man, I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> can, can we hear uh, your old uh, person telemarketer voice? Well, if they call, I'm just like, hello. <laughs> like, oh, hi, are you the, you know, the you know, leader of the house? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, who's this? I just play really slow, and then I'll throw in something like, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, we're doing... Uh, uh, security and we 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 sell security to houses. I'm like, ah, I don't keep the Russians off my. <laughs> They're like, yes, yes, that will. And then the, the, I did have one guy who was coming from India, and I didn't feel too bad because some of these guys. I mean, it's it's, it's borderline predatory um, because you, you do get some guys who want to just hang up. Uh, and then you get some guys who are like, ooh, this is a mark. I can sell to this guy because he's senile, right? Oh. So I didn't feel too bad, but I, one guy called from India and he's like, you know, there are things, uh, did you know that there are things on your computer that are, um, that are hurting it? I was like, let me ask you a question. <laughs> he's like, what? I was like, do you know about the devil? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> devil? It's coming for you on the 16th night. <laughs> um, okay. Well, sir, I, I, he's coming for you on the 16th night, remember. Yeah. Meanwhile, my kids and my wife are behind me just like... <laughs> I don't feel too bad, you know, they're calling my house. At dinner time, right? Yeah, that's, actually, it was at dinner time. Yeah, and they, my kids were behind me. They're like, do the devil thing, Dad. Do the devil thing. So it's dinner yeah. and a show. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that being said, I'd love to actually, you know, do that in a professional capacity instead of just annoying telemarketers. <laughs> professional telemarketer shield. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. what what initially prompted you to become an actor? Uh, well, it's interesting. That's not my day job. I'm actually a character artist uh, for video games. Really? And yeah, and I was um, I was working at uh, Sony Online and working on DC Universe as a character mm-hmm. artist. And they they you know I I'd done acting in high school and a little bit in college. Um, and uh, I always like doing voices and impersonations and stuff. And they said, oh, you know, we need we need temp voices. Uh, you know, kind of to the studio anybody want to come in and audition so i came in audition and i ended up um they're like oh well you know we heard that you can do a joker or a mark hamill's joker they ended up getting actual mark hamill but they mm-hmm. wanted a temp vo of his joker so i did that for a long time and then when it came time to actually audition they're like yeah you should go out for these parts and i auditioned for like 16 i think i ended up with six um which was great it was a total foot in the door um, moment. So that was it. And then, you know, I've just done some video games uh, here in town and then, uh, and then Red versus Blue. So That's I feel quite, very lucky. That's quite the step up. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Do you have any upcoming projects you can tell us about? 
Uh, no. No, I don't. <laughs> well, that depends on rooster teeth, actually. No. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, not... No, not really. Um, not that I'm aware of. As a character designer, when uh, when you were shown like the character model for Shark Face, do you find that you're critical of the characters that you play? You're like, I don't know if I would have done him that way. Um, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I mean, the the model does look great, um, and it's it's a nice blend of. Uh, and I remember Miles saying, you know, we we kind of pictured him as almost like a pretty boy or somebody who was attractive. Um, which makes his scarring all the more tragic. It was like, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I like that. Um, but not really, um, character artists, uh, character artists for video games. They're almost like the guitarist of video games. They're, you know, it takes one character artist to make a character. It takes 10 to criticize how well he does. It's a little catty. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't feel that way with this at all. Um, I, I, I really like what they did. Um, and, and seeing it totally, got me uh, into the mood and, and kind of what they were looking at for the character. I was like, I have to sound kind of handsome, but also kind of burned. And, you know, <laughs> that about like I have else. one eye. And, you, know. <laughs> you have to sound like you have one eye. <laughs> yeah. How do I do that? <laughs> uh, yeah. How does voicing video game characters differ from uh, voicing a character in an ongoing narrative? Um... Well, video games, uh, I, I would say, I don't know. Um, it, it, there's there's probably more dialogue. I mean, it's a drama, you know. Um, there are similarities, like when you're fighting, uh, you know, you do, I forgot what it's called, where you do a series of, like, grunts. It's like, all right, you're kicking now. Ah, uh, the so, efforts. That's uh, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and again seeing them in the context, I was like, God, that, they do it so perfect. They just edit it so perfect. Um, but yeah, there's, there's more dialogue. I think, I don't know, you, I, I, to a certain degree, I think there's more investment. Um, and this sounds bad because I work for the video game industry and, I, and so many people would kill me for saying this, but I think there's, um, when you have a, just a pure non, just your, your pure, uh, a form of media where you're just watching and you're not interacting I think that might just demand um, a little bit, oh, what I want to say, deeper performance or uh, more traditional acting. Um, and that's, you know, there's some great performances in video games, and hopefully I've done some good ones. Um, but, yeah, I'd say not a whole lot of difference. But um, I certainly approach it the same way, you know, try and get in the head of the character. But when you're just watching, there's nothing to distract the audience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you 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 feel more relevant, I would say. You yeah. you are the center, you know. Whereas uh, you know, if you're uh, voicing a character, cause, you know a lot of times in video games you have some some sort of dialogue, you're getting a quest or something. Mm -hmm. Um but I think that's the other thing. You usually don't have that in that sort of uh investment. You don't need that kind of investment in a in a quest giver. I don't, you know, say, "Okay, I'm doing this Chinese hamster um for this kids game." What, you know, what's what? his background? Like, how did he become Chinese? How did he become a hamster? Like, see before that, like, you don't think about it that way, you know? You're just like, all right, let me do my <laughs> default Chinese hamster. Um, you have a default Chinese hamster As opposed Chinese to someone like Shark Face or, 
or Green Arrow or Penguin or something like that that you you know you're going to think a lot more about. You're going to have more depth. So, you have a default Chinese hamster voice. Um, <laughs> you don't have to answer. You don't have to. I, I, I'm, I'm a little stuck my on Swiss that. My Army knives of voices. I was like Chinese hamster, German wombat. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't have. Was there ever a point where um, you're allowed to improv in the booth? I know that for a lot of stuff, it's very strict about sticking to the script. But I also know that Rooster Teeth sometimes, in more comedic roles, allows people to improv. Yeah. Um, well, Shark Face is probably the least comedic role. <laughs> <laughs> There's no laughs with Shark Face. There's no gags. Oh, wait. Well, he does say, uh, what is, it? is he always like that when, when Felix is being a jerk to him? Um, but... No, I mean, I, there were times where uh, Miles, another good thing about him is he really knows when to fine-tune and thread you along to get what he wants, and then other times he's like, okay, play with this line, you know, explore it, you know, explore the space, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> cowbell. Um, but yeah, so there, there was some of that just in terms of, you know, he'd be like, okay, you know, surprise me, how are you going to say this line? But it's usually uh, he knew kind of. Um, and, and it wasn't like a lot of corrections. Usually, like okay, you know, this is what's going on for you, and this is why what they said just bothered you, and, and that helps to fine tune it. Okay. Is there anything about Shark Face that wasn't shown in the season that you want the fans to know about? I just found out his name is Terrence. <laughs> I'm going to take that up with Miles, because had I known that his name was Terrence, I would have played him totally different. <laughs> Terrence Ephemera Shark Fassay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Terrence, yeah, Preston, <laughs> the third shark face. Um, no, I don't. Um, I thought about him. I thought about him almost more after seeing the season. Um, you know, after seeing it all together than I did beforehand, um, which does make me sound very good. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that, uh, seeing it all together is, you know, gives him the depth. And, and as I said, you know, there's certain lines, um, like towards the end, his, his first scene where he's, he's talking to the doctor, you know, he reveals, um, a, a lot about himself. Uh, but when, um, when Carolina says apologizes to him. Um, and I remember reading that. I remember reading the scene. And I remember kind of what Miles was looking for with that. Um, but man, seeing it in context and just that was really when I felt sad for him because you could tell he was he had distorted things so much in his mind that he didn't even say, wait a minute, you're trying to trick me. It was like something's gotten into you. I think that was a line. Something's gotten into you like like he's so jaded um that you know that was when i felt sorry for him um and that's when i think i i that piqued my appreciation for him as a as a character i think seeing all that in context just it was little... too bad he only lived for another 5 minutes after that <laughs> i know i know he he exposed himself he put his heart out there and then they just shot him dead <laughs> really good life is <laughs> really good Ouch. monologue though right before the end I know, I know. It he goes off. And... Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Given uh, given that your your day job was more character design and that acting is a little bit more of a new realm for you, do you have any advice for other people who are aspiring actors? 
Um, I would say. Hmm. I mean, I I, I came. I yeah. God, this sounds bad. Um, it, you know, it didn't fall in my lap, but it's not like I spent. You know, it's not like I went to you know in England and and went to some great academy and just worked at it my whole life. Um, I feel very lucky that something that I had always wanted to do crossed with an opportunity. Um, I would say, um, you know, analyze uh, as many performances as you can. And it's just like anything else. Figure out why they work. Um, what about them you like? Um, a lot of people do think that voiceover acting is somehow not acting. It's just making a voice. And it's so not. I mean, even roles that I thought would just be like, well, just going, you know, they want this funny sounding character. And the directors, they're, they're pretty specific. They're, um, you know, they, they really like to give depth. Uh, I've heard actually lots of people be like, oh, I, I've got a good speaking voice. I could be a voice actor. It's like, but are you an actor? Like, <laughs> first you have to act. Um, and in some ways, you, you don't have the luxury of expressing with your face and everything. So it all goes into your, um, into your voice. Um, I would say record as much of yourself and listen to it back as much as you can. Because we've all we've all we've all seen movies actually where you get some high high ranking uh, actor who's brilliant in front of the camera and they give him some DreamWorks role and he sounds flat and bland and you, you, it just it gives you appreciation of how uh, it's it is a different kind of acting it's definitely acting um, but you have to put a lot into your voice. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. Where can the fans go if they want to find out more about you and your projects? Uh, you know, they asked me that. I'm probably the only person under the age of 70 that doesn't have a Twitter account. And I was literally, <laughs> right after I, I talked to uh, the person uh, who I talked to right before the interview, I was literally, uh, while I was waiting for you guys, uh, trying to make a, a Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> Gotta get in on this. That was my old man. Gotta get in on this Twitter thing. Uh, yeah, if you want to see my my character art, you can go to uh, davidjenisonart.com uh, or uh, if you go to uh, Behind the Voice, they have a profile for me there uh, with uh, my performances uh, for DC Universe. And um, Collier Talent, That's uh, I have my demo up there on Collier Talent. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful night. Okay, you too. Take care. You too. That was a blast. It was a blast. He was so cool. (laughs) Just telemarketers. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I took away from this. I I, shark face kind of talking to telemarketers. Like, what are you doing? Remember, voice actors, use your powers for good, not evil. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh, no, it was pretty Does fantastic. Does that count as using it for good? Yes. <laughs> anyway, Megan, where can the people go to find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Um, check out the Movie Chick News Review Show every week uh, on Popcorn Talk Network. And uh, as always, check out the Movie Chick articles that we write, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiaje and on Snapchat at Kia Prime. And Kiaje is K-I-A-X-E-T because 
You can't ever spell that. I'm on a whole bunch of shows here, including Robots in Disguise, which is coming up on its season finale, and Z Nation, which is coming up on its season premiere. I'm also writing articles for The Movie Chick. Thank you guys so much for watching. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.